It's the final hour of the weekend coming up right now on Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Brendan King in for the coach Bob Lovell. Again, coach is back with you less than a month from now for season number 30 of the big show. Right now, five good minutes with Jonathan Smith. Thanks, Brendan. I hope I've met all your expectations for tonight. Speaking of expectations, Pacers GM Chad Buchanan hopped on the broadcast last night during the Pacers 112-91 to loss to the Dallas Mavericks in the summer league to discuss expectations for Benedict Matherin in year two. Chad, you, you see one of your lottery picks stepping up and making a big play and Jarris Walker getting the job done defensively. A lot of what you talked about were your lottery pick from a year ago who I had the, the steal of the draft when it happened, getting Benedict Matherin when you did. And of, of course, a great rookie year for him. What are you expecting to see from him in that sophomore jump this season coming? Sure. You know, Benedict had a great year scoring the ball for us. I think he, you know, hit like all rookies, they hit their little little slump at you know during the year. But I think he played through that. Very competitive guy who wants to be great. And I think this year we're going to want to see Ben. You know, he's very good at getting to the rim, drawing fouls. You know, we want to see some more elements of you know driving to the rim and making plays for others. I think that's important for him. Consistently shooting the ball. He had a good you know first two months of the season shooting it. Then he cooled off a little bit. And I think that's got to be a, another part of his game that's got to be more consistent. And then becoming a really locked-in defender. He has the competitive, you know, juices to do it. And it's just got to be an emphasis for him because he's got immense amount of talent. And his work ethic and drive is really second to none on our team right now. So uh, we want to see that transfer over to, you know, development in his game. Once again, that was Pacers GM Chad Chad Buchanan on expectations for Benedict Matherin in year two. The The uh, Indiana Pacers are set to play their final summer league game tomorrow night or tomorrow evening at 5.30 as they'll take on the Detroit Pistons. And if you want to check out former IU player Jalen Hood-Shifino, he'll be playing for the Lakers tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. That game is set to be on ESPN2. The the NBA Summer League has been going on all day today. Earlier today, the... Or excuse me, earlier tonight the Nuggets beat the Knicks 89 to 86. The Boston Celtics beat the Magic 94 to 77. Bulls beat the Wizards 90 to 85. Kings beat the Bucks 92 to 84. Raptors beat the Warriors 108 to 101 in that game. Trace Jackson Davis had a nice game for the Warriors, scoring 18 points, pulling down 10 rebounds in 25 minutes of play. The Charlotte Hornets beat the Minnesota Timberwolves 109 to 92. And the final game of the night is going on right now as the Phoenix Suns lead the Memphis Grizzlies 33 to 31 in the second quarter. Tomorrow will be the second to last day of NBA Summer League action as we'll have the semifinals of that going on between the Utah Jazz and Houston Rockets who both come into that game 4-0 and between the Brooklyn Nets and Cleveland Cavaliers. The Nets will go into that one with a 3-1 record in the Summer League and the Cleveland Cavaliers will go into that one with a record of 4-0. Bouncing over to Major League Baseball, the Cardinals and the Nationals are playing right now. The Cardinals lead 9-4 in the bottom of the 8th. The Houston Astros are beating the Angels 9-3. In the top of the sixth, the Detroit Tigers are leading the Seattle Manors 6-0. Detroit Tigers fans, I'm sorry. My last update, I mentioned the no-hitter. And moments later, the Mariners got their first knock of the game. And earlier action from today, the Phillies beat the Padres in Game 1 of their doubleheader 6-4. And then the Phillies turned around and won Game 2 9-4. 
In other action, the Rays beat the Royals 6-1. to The Cubs beat the Red Sox 10-4 to behind a Cody Bellinger grand slam in the third inning. The Blue Jays beat the Diamondbacks 5-2. to The Guardians lose to the Texas Rangers 2-0, to getting shut out despite putting up eight hits. The Orioles beat the, beat the Marlins 6-5. to and then the Giants beat the Pirates earlier today, 3-1, to one, despite the Pirates putting up seven hits. And then the Twins hold on to beat the Oakland Athletics, 10-7. to seven. Uh, The Brewers shut out the Reds, 3-0, to zero, only giving up one hit on the night. And the White Sox beat the Braves, 6-5. to five. This has been Jonathan Smith with your sports update on Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back. Final hour of the weekend on a Saturday night. I'm Brendan King. And for the coach, Bob Lovell, here on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk, we are crushing it with all things minor league baseball over the last 15 minutes or so. Now it's time to talk about the Indianapolis Indians against the Omaha Storm Chasers tonight. Omaha gets the best of India, final of 8-3. As we welcome on the Hall of Fame play-by-play voice of the Indianapolis Indians, that is Howard Kelman. Howard, always great to chat with you. I actually want to start with last night, get a question in there, because coming out of the All-Star break, the Indians' bats could not have started better, laying 13 on Omaha. And wanted to make this point, too, very seldom, Howard, do you see two separate five RBI games in a single game. Right, you're exactly right, Brendan. What the Indians did last night is they scored early and they scored often. And they got a grand slam from Andy Rodriguez. Miguel Andujar got the run scoring going in the very first inning with a two-run homer. And Leovar Piguero hit two home runs, his first two at the AAA level. So they hit four home runs last night. Now, tonight was a completely different story, as you said. Omaha won the game 8-3, to and it was the Omaha Storm Chasers who did the home runs, uh, did the home run thing tonight, and Tyler Gentry started it with a three-run home run on the bottom of the second, and that gave the Storm Chasers a lead they never would relinquish, and they also got a few other home runs, one by uh, Logan Porter, one by Alexander, And that was that, and Omaha took control of this game. The Indians had an opportunity to get back in the game. In the eighth inning, they had scored a run and had men on on first and second, and there was a base hit to left field. And Aaron Shackelford was thrown out at third base for the final out of the inning, and not only did that hurt, but he was thrown out before Cannon, Smith, and Jigba crossed home plate. Mm. So the run didn't count, and the inning was over, and just a really bad base-running move making the third out of the inning there when you're down by several runs. He is the Hall of Fame play-by-play voice of the Indianapolis Indians, Howard Kelman. Howard, I want to ask you about Miguel Duhar because he had a stretch in the big leagues where he was pretty good with the New York Yankees. He's hitting three sixty-four with the Indians. Is it a situation right now in Pittsburgh where maybe they just don't have a spot for him Why he's still remaining in AAA at this time? Brendan, you're raising a great point and something that's very important. Uh, and Duhar, as you said, 364 average. He had a 21-game hitting streak. He's now got a 13-game hitting streak. He has been nothing short of sensational. You alluded to his time with the Yankees in 2018. He was the runner-up to the Rookie of the Year award to show 
<laughs> excuse me, to Shohei Otani. <laughs> he then hurt his shoulder. He's had some challenges, but he's playing great now. Now, he had a stint with Pittsburgh this year. He didn't do that well, and they DFA'd him. He cleared waivers, came back here. He's torn it up all season long here. Uh, I would hope that finally either the Pirates or some other team give him an opportunity because he's so deserving of it. Howard on the mound tonight. Andre Jackson, two shutout innings, only gave up a hit, struck out two. I actually saw him back when he was in the Midwest League with the Dodgers, and I know that the Dodgers traded him to the Pirates for cash. Second appearance with the Indians, right? He looked pretty good, it seems. Oh, yes, you're right. He pitched once at home also, and he was throwing 95 miles an hour with his fastball. So, again, they got him. He was at AAA Oklahoma City. He wasn't doing that great. And they got him, and he's resurrecting his career here. That's great to see. He was once a top 30 prospect with the Dodgers. Pretty good pitcher at the Midwest League at uh, low A at the time. So that's that's cool to hear. Howard Kelman, the play-by-play voice of uh, the Indianapolis Indians. Howard, what's coming up tomorrow? Who's on the bump? Well, you got Jared Jones on the hill for the Indians. He's the probable, Brendan. This is a young man who's just 21 years old, has a great arm, is a terrific competitor. He needs experience, and he's got a chance to be a, an excellent major league pitcher. Well, we hope he does well, and we hope, Howard, the Indians can get a series win. Short three-gamer coming out of the All-Star break. Howard Kelman, the Hall of Fame play-by-play voice of the Indianapolis Indians. Howard, we always appreciate you on the program. Looking forward to catching up hopefully soon again. Brendan, thank you very much, and sorry I couldn't get to you last night. We had the 8.05 start in a late game. Oh, it's no problem at all. Howard, you take care. Have a great weekend. All right, thank you. You too. Thanks, Howard. That's Howard Kelman, who I so... Enjoyed so much broadcasting with Howard with the Indians back in 2021. He is a great mentor to all, and Howard Kelman, a Hall of Fame career in the booth with the Indians. Coming up after the timeout, it's time to get to some high school football. Paul Condry, who is a voice you hear all the time here on IST over the last 30 years from the Regional Radio Sports Network with some high school football action after this. It's Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Brendan King on for the weekend and for the coach Bob Lovell who makes his return for high school football season less than a month from now. Super excited to get coach back in the big chair but always happy to fill in for the legendary coach Bob Lovell. Another legendary voice that you'll hear on this program very often this fall is none other than Paul Condry from the Indiana Football Digest, the regional radio sports network. Paul covering everything Indiana high school football for a long, long time, calling in with Coach each and every Friday and Saturday night here in the fall. Paul, great to have you, my man. And I understand last night the first kind of sales session for the Indiana Football Digest magazine this year. I guess my first question for you, we could probably spend the whole interview talking about this, is what goes into making the book each and every year? Well, I'll tell you what, this was book number 31, BK, and obviously uh, a lot of love, a lot of uh, passion, and I think a lot of uh, detail work, a lot of hard work, and 
I think that's probably the, the key thing when it's all said and done. But once again, thanks for having me on the program. Always great to visit with you and or coach. Yeah, it's one of those situations where uh, it really takes us uh, about 11 months. Uh, to put this baby together when it's all said and done. We actually have already started working on uh, next year's book already, if that sounds crazy. And we're going to come up with the redesign. We've got, Of course, we've got new uh, changes to the book. We try to uh, add some cosmetic changes throughout the book each and every year, and so those are the kind of things that you go through. But I think our team collectively as a group did a great job. Our, my young uh, protege, uh, Tanner Camp, uh, did a formidable job with his work as the uh, design coordinator this year, and all the other guys on the staff, of course, senior editor Matt Copps, he was, as always, spectacular in his work. We had a great time putting this one together, and certainly, you know, when you think about the the longevity of what we're doing, uh, it's just uh, kind of mind-boggling that we're still here, despite all the changes, not only in technology, but also in the changes that we've gone through just in the last decade in our world. So, still glad to be kicking, as they say, and we're looking forward to the uh, 23 campaign. Paul Contry is our guest from the Regional Radio Sports Network, Indiana Football Digest. Paul, you mentioned some of those cosmetic changes. Talking 2023, fans that uh, are going to purchase a book this year, what are they going to see? Well, I tell you what, that's a wide variety, and that is a loaded question. I can talk about that for an hour when it's all said and done. But I, I mean, if you just kind of take a look at some of the you know the special feature stories that uh, that you're going to see, there's I spent some time with my longtime friend Don Fisher and my good friend Stevie Cry, the Hall of Fame sports writer, uh, kind of put a spin on Don and I sitting down together. We got some neat feature stories in there by uh, our team, uh, Stevie Cry, also put a wonderful uh, work together on. North Miami coaches, the legendaries Bob Bridge and Timmy Du Bois, a couple Hall of Famers. Of course, Andrew Smith always putting together a Colts preview. Uh, we got a great uh, uh, story that I collaborated with my longtime broadcast partner, Frank Kilpakowski, on Patriot Night up in Valparaiso High School. We got a nice feature story on Trevor Andrews, who was our first cover kid on our very first, first magazine. He's now the head football coach at Dayton, first Division One coach to be on the cover. And of of course, we have all the staples. We'll have our state finals recap, a preseason top tens in each of the classes, preseason all-state teams. And then, of course, we have our college section, which I think has got a really new look. I think uh, uh, Greg Gorham did a fabulous job with, with some of the stuff that we did there. And, of course, all kinds of stuff in there from local uh, college camps uh, that you can take a look at to uh, the annual listing in the, by the Indiana Sports Writers and Sportscasters Association. And, of course, one thing we always have had in the last uh, 20 books or so is we have all the Network Indiana affiliates <laughs> that can pick up the big show with the coach. Love it. Paul Condry with us here on the big show, Indiana Sports Talk. Paul, looking at what's going to happen as we get started in about a month, I think the first question I want to ask you, because he was represented at the North-South All-Star Game last night, Coach Eric Moore from Center Grove. First question on him, how is he doing? Because, of course, there's been some health challenges over the last couple of years. And question number two, can Center Grove do it again? Well, first of all, I haven't talked to Eric in about three weeks, so I can only tell you what from my last conversation. He and I have spent a lot of time back and forth on email during the course uh, BK of the last three or four years. He's had this heck of a battle with cancer and doing his best to fight it through. But I certainly think they're the best team coming back. You look at their core group, they're going to be very, very special. And I think what we saw with that Fort Wayne Carroll team it should make them good. But also we got some teams we're excited about. Cathedral will be 
um, a top flight team, Hamilton Southeastern, Ben Davis, Warren Central, Fishers. Once again, you get into that central Indiana compound there where they are really, really good. Maybe some teams from the north like Ben. Uh, This is going to be a really good year. They're very, very deep, good quarterback coming out. Of course, they've got Auden Jones, a a Division I lineman who's up there, been playing since he was a freshman. So we'll see some uh, we'll see some uh, some teams kind of get noticed early on in the season. However, as you well know, because of the way the tournament series, uh, Central Indiana has absolutely ruled the roost. Uh, when you think about it, uh, what you're asking Senator Grove to do is win four in a row. <laughs> And you know, they got to go back to Warren Central doing that uh, when they were in 5A. But uh, they certainly have uh, been, without question, the most dominating football program that 6A has had since its inception. It's incredible. Paul Contrary, our guest here on Indiana Sports Talk. Paul, I think it's really interesting what has happened over the last couple of years in Class 2A because we've had a rematch in each of the past two campaigns, Evansville, Modern Day, as well as Andrean, of course. Andrean led by that steamroll attack of Drake Bowen. He, of course, is on his way to Notre Dame and Evansville, Modern Day. I mean, what a run they have had under Mike Gable. Can you see those two possibly making another run out of 2A? Well, if you listen to Mike Gable, and I talked to the great Lord of the Rings himself uh, last night at the All-Star Game. He and I have been friends for a long time, and he told me flat out that, hey, he gave me the he gave me the Lou Holtz. He says, you know, Paul, we're just not going to be very good. Well, <laughs> and, I, and I told, I said, Mike, come on, I'm not buying that what you're selling. We still think you're the best team. But I think some teams that really could make some noise, and one of them is Triton Central. They are loaded there in that group, Lafayette. At Central Catholic uh, Bishoplers, we've got Modern Day ranked number one and Andrin number six to start the season. Mm-hmm. Andrew Andrin went through a lot of significant losses, so I really believe that two uh, A, unlike it's been in the last couple of years, BK, I really think two A is a lot more wide open than what we've seen in the past. And I'm not going to make any predictions that either Andrin or uh, Modern Day are not going to be there because what makes those two schools so dominant is they're playing three, four, and five A schools throughout the course of the year. In an Andrinsk situation, they've uh, you know, they play in a brutal conference up in the northwest Indiana area, and so it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays itself out. Paul, last specific thing I want to touch on here, we got about ninety seconds, is one of the best games we saw last year at Lucas Oil Stadium, class five A, Valparaiso and Whiteland that heavy 35-31 ball game Valpo had a heck of a team Whiteland brought the freaking entire town that was awesome uh, I mean, same question as the two way could you see both of those teams make it another run I can see Valparaiso we have Valparaiso ranked number one uh, they're loaded offensively. They only lost a couple kids on the offensive side. Defensive, they've got three or four holes to fill. But their linebacking core, their defensive backs are all back. And Tyler Bershure, a great player there. You look at the big kid on the front line, Hofer. But their quarterbacks, running backs, all the key components there. I don't think Whiteland's going to be in that same situation. But I think we'll see some noise out of Fort Wayne Snyder. And, of course, Valparaiso and Fort Wayne Snyder at some point in time could be on a collision course and of course you still throw Maribel in there Maribel's got some div- couple division one guys so it's going to be really interesting to see how that kind of plays itself out but uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say we will not see both Valparaiso and Whiteland in the state finals I think we could see one of the two but I'm just not going to tell you that one right now Paul Condry, he is the best. Well, hey, well, that's what the season's for, right? He is the best, Paul Condry. 
from the Regional Radio Sports Network, Indiana Football Digest. Paul, how can fans get their copy uh, of the book? Real simple, www.indianafootballdigest.com. You're the man, my friend. We'll talk to you a whole bunch coming up this fall. Sound good? Thanks, BK. Appreciate your time, buddy. You got it, brother. Thanks, Paul. You're the man. He is the man, Paul Condry, Indiana Football Digest. Get your copy right now. I'm actually looking at 2017's copy right now, and that was the 25th anniversary book from Paul Condry, who is such an amazing human being with his wife, Tanya. They are so giving and generous. IndianaFootballDigest.com to get your copy of the best high school football book and magazine in the country. I'm Brendan King here on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Nathaniel Finch is on the ones and twos. Jonathan Smith coordinating your scoreboard updates. Jay Smith, you were mentioning that the Center Grove schedule, you got something circled on your calendar for the month of August, no? Oh, yes, I do. August 25th. Center Grove is set to take on Oakland High School out of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, which is where I not only grew up, but my older brother is involved in their program. So Mm. that is circled on my calendar. Cannot wait for it. For those of y'all not familiar with Oakland High School, they traditionally win the largest classification state title in the state of Tennessee year in and year out. They're one of the top programs in that state, and I am so excited for it. Is that going to be here? Yes, that, that that will be here, uh, like I said, at Center Grove, August 25th. Wow, that's going to be something. I mean, you see more and more of these powerhouse Indiana programs going to the route of playing out-of-state games. And really, as we've seen, some of the state champions, you know, take into account Warren Central, Center Grove, winning three championships in a row, they battle test themselves, man. By the time they get to Lucas Oil Stadium, they might have some bumps and bruises, but they've seen the best, right? Oh, yes. They're year in and year out. They're great. I haven't lived here, but you know, not even two years. But the first thing when I showed up, we talk about high school football in Indiana. Center Grove was one of the first programs mentioned, and I'm sure that they'll be loaded again this year. I'm really excited for that game on August 25th. And that is Jonathan Smith. You will hear him three and a half minutes from now with another scoreboard update. Some M&M from Nathaniel Finch. Okay. I see you. That sets up well for our next guest. He's back. Tom Lemming from CBS Sports Network. Talk all things college football after the break. The WNBA All-Star Game ended not too, too long ago with Team Stewart beating Team Wilson 143-127. to In this game, Brittany Griner, hands down, has the highlight of the game. There it is. BG is back. Brittany Griner with the only dunk of the game, really the only highlight-worthy play. Two Indiana Fever players were were playing in this game. Kelsey Mitchell logged 12 minutes for Team Stewart, only scored 9 points on 4 of 13 shooting. And Aaliyah Boston, rookie for your Indiana Fever, played 19 minutes, started the game, only took 6 shots, scored 6 points, pulled down 11 rebounds as well. We've got a little bit of baseball still going on right now as we start to near the end of the games. As the night goes on, the St. Louis Cardinals hold on to beat the Washington Nationals 9-6, to logging 17 
15 hits. Great night for that St. Louis Cardinals offense. We've got two games still going on right now as the Astros and the Angels are tied 9-9 in the bottom of the seventh. High-scoring game there in Anaheim. And the Tigers and the Mariners, bottom of the seventh. Tigers lead 6-0. Mariners only have two hits on the night. Moving on to other games that have already wrapped up across Major League Baseball. The Cubs beat the Red Sox 10-4 with the grudge match being tomorrow. Cody Bellinger hit a grand slam in the third inning of the game. Today, moving on, the Brewers shut out the Reds 3-0, only giving up one hit. And the White Sox beat the Braves 6-5. This has been Jonathan Smith with their sports update on Indiana Sports Talk. It's Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Brendan King, and for the coach, Bob Lovell. Time to talk some college football with the best. He is Tom Lemming from CBS Sports Network, the publisher of the Prep Football Report magazine, which he is working on as we speak. Tom, it's great to have you on IST. I guess first question, where are the summer travels taking you most recently? Recently, I've been Texas. I actually got caught, believe it or not, 115-degree weather in Midland, Odessa, El Paso. It was boiling hot, and that was just a couple weeks ago. Uh, so I'm glad to be back in Chicago where it's uh, normal normal weather instead of I, I've never, I am, I'm not, I'll never get used to 110, 115 degree weather. No, but the Midwest humidity, I mean, that'll greet you for sure as well. Hey, Tom, first thing I want to ask you about since it's so pressing within college football this week, and, you know, honestly, the starting quarterback at my high school, Lincoln Way East, when I was going to high school, uh, Tommy Fiesel, he was going to go to Northwestern on a full ride before an injury took him away from the game. And, you know, uh, Coach Fitzgerald, Pat Fitzgerald, he was at our high school literally once a month catching up with Tommy. And, he was the most kind and gentle individual and what has happened here at Northwestern in the last week has just been so shocking so Tom I just want to get your reaction to it and everything surrounding that Northwestern I guess athletics program now since the baseball team has also come out with some bad stuff too yeah I think everybody um you know I've been at this 45 years and the hazing's been going on for a while I know a good buddy of mine uh Steve Bellis out at uh, Hamilton High School in Chandler, Arizona, got fired because of that, not knowing and not being in charge of that. And I think also the number one high school in the country, modern day, their longtime 40-year coach, Bruce Rollinson, stepped down. He's still, I think, the AD, but they had the same problems going on. And uh, it's tough. I get, when you're a coach, you should be aware. And that's why, because, you know, like you said, Pat Fitzgerald's a great guy. But if it had been going on the way they had talked about it, he should have known something was going on. And uh, But sometimes, again, I look at it on both sides where I think maybe a little bit is overblown. Uh, obviously, something was going on, but it, initiation since I was playing ball in high school, that, that goes on constantly and, and not as bad as it used to be 40 years ago, but still – um, there's got to be a way to maybe curb it a bit. So I, I don't know. I wasn't part of the uh, the team. I don't know what's going on, and I'm thinking maybe some of it could have been disgruntled players talking about this or that, but the way where there's smoke, there's fire, and I do mm-hmm. believe that there was something going on. Tom Lemmings with us here on IST from CBS Sports Network, the publisher of the Prep Football Report magazine. Tom, last thing on Northwestern is – a college football program, which, look, they've already been at the bottom of the Big Ten anyway. Where does a program go from here? Because they're going to have to get the next, what, at least year or two very correct in a similar fashion as what happened to Penn State years ago. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, and I had thought, I remember um, at CBS, Tim Brando was saying Penn State will never come back, which I knew they would. Everyone always comes back. Miami came back from the Shapiro problem. Ohio State came back from the tattoo problems with Terrell Pryor and players. Everyone comes back. Northwestern is a different um, category, though, because of their academics. And because of the time of year this happened, they won't come back this year. The defense coordinator is going to be in charge. Um, some of the ball players. I don't know about the rules when it gets, you know, getting into the portal at this stage because, you know, the portal's been closed. I don't know if there's new rules that saying if your coach gets fired for any reason. But I do think that um, some of the guys that are committed for the 2024 class are going to jump ship. And I think it's going to be a very poor class, one of their worst in recent memory, after it looked like it was going to be one of their better classes. They were doing a good job in my national travels. I had seen Northwestern do much better than they had been doing the last three, four years. So that's the shame of it there for Wildcat fans. So I do think with them it's a bit different because of their academic situation and because of um, what's happened. Uh, It's tough for them to promote from within. And, and the guys from within would know the program and know the players and could probably keep them all in. And I do like the defense coordinator is new to the program. So I do believe there's going to be some transferring. And uh, I think as long as they can keep their head above water for a couple of years, but it's going to take them a while, unlike Penn State or Miami or Ohio State or USC, whenever they go on probation. I mean, they've got everything so ingrained in the program that uh, no matter what happens, look at what the Sandusky thing you were right. I, I knew within a couple of years, as soon as the probation's over, they're bouncing right back, and that's exactly what happened. They're too powerful to fail, and uh, uh, Northwestern's not that powerful, so I yeah. do think it's going to take them a little bit longer. Tom Lemming is with us from CBS Sports Network. Tom was about to just jump into the likes of USC and UCLA with it being the last year before they head to the Big Ten and you know, all these conference transitions and with the – um, with the playoff going beyond four teams in just a short while. How unique of a college football season is this about to be? Because it's going to be the last sort of of what we have known for a very, very long time. You know, and you know, when you're talking about USC, UCLA coming in next year, um, that was also going to hurt Northwestern. You know, they'd be the only school with academic standards out of the Big Ten yeah. and the normal, you know, besides the normal standards. Uh, they're a little bit, they're higher than everyone else. And adding two powerhouses like that, I mean, USC is a juggernaut. They're national. I mean, they're one of the top five or six programs in the country. UCLA can be if Coach Kelly gets on the recruiting board because they got a beautiful campus and another um, good powerhouse on the West Coast. I, I, it's going to be um, uh, it's going to be a, an interesting season led by Ohio State, and Michigan once again. And I think next year when those two teams come in, it's going to kind of throw everything up. It's going to make the conference another superpower conference like the uh, SEC. There'll be two dominant conferences out of uh, all the major conferences. So I think it's going to be interesting to follow. So this year I think it'll be more of the same, and next year it's going to be up for grabs with USC coming in. Tom, looking at what's happening in South Bend, you know whether or not Notre Dame is – capable of getting to the playoff this year I think is going to hinge obviously on what Sam Hartman's able to do under center we've talked a lot about him coming into South Bend but what does Sam Hartman specifically do for Notre Dame's chances to get back to the top four you know what's funny Brendan when I saw him in high school he was a slightly built like six foot 165 pound guy and he put on some weight he's about six one two hundred 
And and what he had done at Wake Forest was remarkable in my mind. Uh, you know, a, a team that uh, coming to Notre Dame with all the weapons they have, they have a great offensive line. Harry Heastan made sure of that, and so did um, Jeff Quinn recruiting the players. They've got a couple of really good tight ends if they can stay healthy. Um, Coach Stuckey brought in some great wide receivers. So he, and, and the running backs uh, are very good. So offensively, I think Notre Dame is going to really – be a juggernaut. I think the key to Notre Dame is what it has always been for the past 30 years, an average defensive line, really. They mm-hmm. just don't seem to be able to recruit great defensive linemen like Ohio State or Georgia or Alabama uh, do, or Clemson does. And uh, I think that's going to be their Achilles uh, heel. I think the defensive line, they got some really good linebackers. They've really done a great job recruiting cornerbacks. Safety is a little weak. But I do think that it'll all come down to, and I know they've moved some linebackers, the defensive line, to kind of short up because they're aware of their weaknesses. But I do think if they could play a little bit better along the defensive line, Notre Dame could have a great year. Tom, we got about 90 seconds here. I was going to ask you about Marcus Freeman and how he has done on the recruiting trail in his first couple of years because you know Brian Kelly had his way of doing things. How has Marcus Freeman kept things similar? But how in your mind has he done things a little bit differently than Brian Kelly since taking over? Um, he's a lot different. Brian Kelly didn't really talk to ball players during the year. He left that up to the assistant coaches. Marcus is the front man in the recruiting the same way um, Dabo Sweeney is and Nick Saban, the way it should be. So he goes out there. What he's got to battle is the um, the NIL stuff. As soon as he takes over, that comes into the big. The portal comes in big. Notre Dame's not allowed to take too many portal players unless they've graduated. So they're they're behind on that. And NIL, I think they're trying to catch up. And they are Notre Dame. They do have uh, resources. It's just that they've always been behind no matter what happens in college football uh, when it comes to red shirting and everything else. They've always had a – catch up and I think Notre Dame's got to do that but Marcus is a great recruiter and as long as he's able to uh, do what he's supposed to be doing at Notre Dame I think they're going to have some great talent year after year coming into South Bend Tom Lemming taking some time with us here on IST from CBS Sports Network Tom always appreciate the time I'm in and looking forward to seeing you in South Bend you can stop by a uh, South Bend Cubs game anytime you'd like my friend I'm looking looking forward to that Brendan you take care thanks Tom Tom Lemming, CBS Sports Network, a guy that I met last year, came to a South Bend Cubs game, and uh, that turned into hopping on a couple of radio shows. Indiana Sports Talks back next. The Astros are currently up on the Angels 11-9 in the top of the 8th. The Tigers currently lead the Mariners 6-0 in the bottom of the 8th. Moving on to games that have already finished across Major League Baseball. The Phillies beat the Padres 6-4 in Game 1 of a doubleheader. The Rays beat the Royals in Game 1 of another doubleheader we had earlier today. The Cubs beat the Red Sox 10-4. Blue Jays beat the Diamondbacks 5-2. The Rangers shut out the Guardians and win 2-0. The Orioles beat the Marlins in a close one 6-5 in Game 2 of the Phillies Padres doubleheader. The Phillies win nine to four. The Giants beat the Pirates three to one. The Twins hold off the Athletics to win ten to seven. The Milwaukee Brewers shut out the Cincinnati Reds and win three to zero. Hold the Reds to only one hit in Game Two of the Rays Royals doubleheader. The Rays won four to two. The White Sox went, beat the Braves earlier today six to five. The Dodgers beat the Mets five to one. And the Cardinals hold off the Nationals, winning nine to six. And your final score for Major League Baseball. 
baseball tonight. The Yankees beat the Rockies 6-3. to Moving on to minor league baseball, the Indianapolis Indians lost to the Omaha Storm Chasers earlier tonight, 8-3. to The South Bend Cubs beat the Quad Cities River Bandits 6-1. to And the Fort Wayne Tin Caps lost to the Great Lakes Loons 6-3 to earlier today. And then moving on to the WNBA All-Star Game, Team Stewart beat Team Wilson 143-127. to And that's going to do it here from Jonathan Smith with your sports updates tonight on Indiana Sports Talk. Hey, welcome back on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Brendan King in for the coach, Bob Lovell. We're going to hit another voice that you often hear on this program all year long from 93 WIBC. It's our good buddy, John Herrick, on the call tonight for the Indy Alley Cats. As the Alley Cats are heading to the playoffs, 18-16, they beat Pittsburgh. John Herrick, that's some pretty cool stuff in the ultimate Frisbee world. Yeah, it is. It was a really fun game to call on uh, AUDL.TV. What's also really cool, Brendan, is the whole league it really has been growing. I mean, the AUDL is now up to 24 teams. Um, it's been a it's been a really impressive league, and uh, we've been getting a lot of traction on our broadcasts, and a lot of people are coming out to Alley Cats home games, which is a great thing to see. With the Colts being at Grand Park in Westfield, getting ready for that in a couple of weeks, that's where the Alley Cats normally have their home games, but mm. tonight they had to move uh, and play this game at Brebuff High School, which is actually a special place in Alley Cat history because that's where the Alley Cats had their first ever tryouts in 2012. So really Really cool that the game was at Brebuff High School tonight. Yeah, they were playing a very good Pittsburgh team that had been struggling as of late, but Pittsburgh had clawed back to get within to get to 500, and really they were playing well. And the Alley Cats were coming off of a loss to Minnesota last week. Pittsburgh took the early lead in this game and got up two to nothing, but the Alley Cats came back, tied the game at three at the end of the first quarter. A lot of wind uh, outside forced some turnovers from both teams, but then the Alley Cats got on track in the second quarter. They went into the locker room with a two-point lead, and then they kept Pittsburgh at bay the rest of the time. They ended up leading by as many as five in the second half. Pittsburgh made a little bit of a late rally to cut it to two, but the Alley Cats were able to just control the disc, maintain the possession, and hold off Pittsburgh to win this one. Second straight year that the Alley Cats have made the playoffs. So big for this uh, organization. After they struggled in 2021, uh, they were able to get back to the playoffs in 2022. They, they had a hard time keeping guys healthy last year. Guys have been a lot more healthy this year. So really great moment for this uh, organization to get in the playoffs now for the second straight year. John Herrick on the call for the Indy Alley Cats, 18-16 over Pittsburgh in the ultimate Frisbee spectrum. You know, John is the great news director at 93WIBC, also from the Indiana Hoosiers Radio Network, working with the great Don Fisher. John, you mentioned getting back to the playoffs and being on the call for these games for multiple years now, and we have talked about the Alley Cats, John, oftentimes when I have filled in for coach on this show in the summer. So I guess how has this organization grown? And obviously now they're getting a taste of success. Well, they're not turning the disc over as much. They're being very careful with it. Um, and this is a very – this was a season where I think a lot of folks in the AUDL thought it might be a rebounding year for the Alley Cats, a year where, you know, they had a lot of young players and a lot of uh, aging veterans. Uh, and a lot of people thought, well, they might not have the quickness to keep up with other teams. And that has not been the case.
case. They've had guys like Will Wettengale, who has led the team in blocks, and he's one of the highest-ranked t- uh, t- uh, players in the AUDL in blocks. They've also had a lot of young players step up, and they had some veterans out tonight, and yet a lot of the young guys like Jeff Burris and um, you know some of the other folks like Jeremy Keish, Lucas Conieris stepped up. I mean, they were huge. Uh, Conieris had a couple of key goals late. Four players had two goals uh, tonight. So it was just everybody, this is a total team effort, and they are – they're not turning it over as much. They're playing excellent defense, and that's a big reason why they are 8-3 and three and second in the Central Division. So they'll likely have a home playoff game uh, on July 29th, so in a couple of weeks. before uh, They close out the regular season with Pittsburgh again next week. So um, just a lot of key contributions from everywhere. And you can tell after 2021 when they had that losing season, they did not want to have another one like that again. And they've been really doing a good job late of finishing these last couple of seasons strong and finishing the fourth quarter strong. They've, you know, In that 2021 season, they struggled to close games out in the fourth quarter. But in this year, aside from those, you know, those two losses to Minnesota and that one early loss to Atlanta, yeah. they've really closed games out well in the fourth quarter. John Herrick, he's the best on the call tonight for the Indy Alley Cats. They're in the playoffs on an 18-16 win over Pittsburgh. Thanks for the call, John. Not a problem, Brendan. Thank you. Thanks, brother. Thanks very much, Matt Schumacher, Tom Noy, Dylan Meyer, Adam Alexander, John Nolan, Max Toma, Howard Kelman, Paul Condra, and Tom Lemming for being our guests tonight on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Thank you for tuning in. This is Brendan King and for the coach Bob Lovell. Thank you to everybody here at Urban One Radio One and the HQ in downtown Indy for allowing me to come back this weekend and fill in on this program. Always a blast. I will be back with you guys oh, about two months from now when the South Bend Cubs season comes to an end and head down US 31 for good, well, for about six months or so before next baseball season kicks off. But thank you. Thank you, Coach Lovell. And again, I'll be back in that update share here this fall. Thanks to Jonathan Smith for a job well done on the scoreboard updates. Time to hear from the guy behind the board, Nathaniel Finch, who did a great job on the producer side tonight. You just told me in the break, I did see the news, LeBron James giving up the number six to honor Bill Russell. I did not see. Is he going back to 23? He is, yeah. Okay, so help me with the logic, Finchie, that... You went to number six to honor Michael Jordan, and now you're leaving number six to go back to 23 and an old number in which you're trying to honor the guy, and now you're honoring another guy to go back to the number that you're honoring a guy with. Does that make sense? Not, not. (laughs) I mean, you pick a different number, dude. I mean, you left 23, and then you're leaving six. Anyway, what's on your mind? Oh, I'm excited for some baseball tomorrow, man. Yeah. Weekend baseball is always fun. What baseball? Weekend baseball. Yeah, yeah. Wait, so are, where does your heritage lie? Braves fan. You're, Braves guy. So that wait, who else is a Braves fan? So there's there's another Braves fan in this building. I'm blanking sure on the name, but anyway. Know. So yeah, you're probably a pretty happy guy. You think they can win the win the National League? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for it. I, I think that they can do more than that. I think they can bring the entire pennant home. Well, to me, if they can win a World Series without arguably their best player. And now they have that best player back. I think they're going to be pretty dangerous. No? Yeah. Freed will come back here in the next few weeks, hopefully, and they'll get even better. It's exciting. Finchie, thanks for a job well done tonight, brother. you got to be back in the update chair soon probably too, right? 
Yeah, coming up here in a few weeks. Sounds good. Well, I will catch you in September after the South Bend Cubs season comes to an end. Again, if you are in the area in South Bend, if you're listening right now, if you're at a game at Four Winds Field, come say hello. Stop by the broadcast booth. We always welcome visitors, Max and I, in the booth. And uh, it'll be great to see you at Four Winds Field in downtown South Bend. Again, Coach Bob Lovell is back with you very, very soon, less than a month from now for season Number 30. I'm heading into year six on this show. Pals in comparison to what Coach Lovell has done over the last 30 years or so. So Coach is enjoying some vacation time in the sun, in the pool, and then he'll be back on Friday and Saturday nights to, of course, take all those phone calls and make sure you give the show a follow on Twitter, at IND Sports Talk. My thanks again to Jonathan Smith, for a job well done in the update chair, Nathaniel Finch, for a great job, as always, producing the show. Thank you for listening. My name is Brendan King. Thanks to all of our guests as well. I will see you guys in September. My thanks to everybody. Coach is back with you next month. This is the History Making Legendary Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.